Amen. Let's take our Bibles, please turn to Matthew chapter 26. I asked Judy to sing that song to go with the message tonight. We are in Mark 14 in our study through the book of Mark, but I've chosen the parallel passage of Matthew chapter 26 tonight. A couple details there that I'd like to bring out. And I love that song. It's such a hard song to sing, and with such short notice, I appreciate Judy doing that to help with the message tonight to paint the picture. What a great song and what a great message. And uh, I've always wondered about that one line, don't get angry if I pour out my oil and wash his feet with my tears. And I thought, who would get angry about that? But the disciples did. The disciples did. And we'll look at that a little bit tonight. Matthew chapter 26. And uh, let's have a look there. Matthew chapter 26, verse 6 this morning. Uh, we paused the service to pray. We saw an, I saw an ambulance out here. And, you know, you see lights go by once in a while. I don't know why. The Lord just said to my heart, there's something different. And it looked like it might be coming in our driveway, and I didn't know at the time, but it was. And it came and took Pastor Bauckham to the hospital. My wife and I went over there after and uh, visited with them a little bit. And um, he got some treatment, and he just texted us just before service, or texted me just before service, and said they were able to treat him, and his pain is now gone. He was in so much pain, he said he was almost unbearable. And so he said, he said, I, I'm in so much pain, it must be like a woman in labor. And his wife laughed at him. And so... Uh, <laughs> So I don't know, uh, I guess men, we, he must have had a man cold. I don't know what he had, but anyway, he got some treatment and he's feeling better, but it was bad enough this morning that he had to be taken by ambulance. So uh, thank you for your prayers for him. Continue to pray for him as he's battling Parkinson's and a whole bunch of things that go along with that. You know, it's, it, it seems to uh, do a lot of other things to your body, that Parkinson's. And so let's remember him in prayer. And uh, this, this morning, uh, Garland Baptist Church was candidating a pastor. And I don't know how that went, but we praise the Lord that they've got at least somebody that they're looking at and praying over. And so you continue to pray for the Go Line Baptist Church as they seek to install a new pastor there. And I know that they'd appreciate that so much. Also, if you'd pray for Pastor Kenny Hess and his family, uh, Pastor Kenny Hess pastors the Lighthouse Baptist Church out on the Six Nations Reserve. And uh, he had to run down to South Carolina yesterday. His daughter had an emergency C-section. And uh, I haven't heard what all has happened there. I, I'm hoping everything's fine, but pray for them as uh, they're going through this bit of a trial. Turn to Matthew chapter 26 tonight, Matthew chapter 26, and uh, I understand we have a fellowship to follow the service tonight, and that's in the Olive Room, and so I hope you can stay and fellowship a little bit, and some, uh, is, is that tonight, am I right? Okay. Somebody said, would you announce that? And I said, I will, and now I announce it, everybody's staring at me like I'm crazy, so... <laughs> Anyway, apple and pumpkin, I guess, is going on tonight. That's in the olive room. So let's stay and have some fellowship and enjoy that a little bit tonight. Also, if you could pray in the next few minutes, um, my son-in-law and daughter's church, um, they're having a program tonight called Trunk or Treat. And uh, you say, well, I don't like Halloween. I understand, but understand what's going on. They had their morning service, and then they had an afternoon service for their evening service. And then they're spending the evening. They have 30 cars set up in their parking lot full of candy. They have screens all around their parking lot that are presenting the gospel message. They said that every year on the last Sunday in October, they will get 3,000 cars with kids come through and they'll go car to car and get treats and candy and they all stop and watch the gospel message. And that's something. And I think it tunes in on their radio or something. They can put it on a station and they can watch it on these big screens all over the property. 3,000 carloads of people 
just to hear the gospel and get a little bit of candy for their kids. It's safer than going door to door and the candy is all safe, you know, that way. And, and plus they get the gospel. So would you pray for that tonight? That's going on. I, what time did that start? It's, it's done at six. So it's going on right now. And so let, let's just have a word of prayer for that and, and uh, see that many souls would be saved. And they got workers all around talking to people and, and visiting with people. So be in prayer for that. And uh, that, that's what a great outreach. Isn't that incredible? 3,000 carloads. I can't imagine how many, that, that could be up to 15,000 people that that's reaching if you have a carload of kids. And, and so, I mean, I mean that's, it's not hard for somebody to say to a bunch of kids, hey, do you want to go get some candy? You can fill a car pretty quick. I mean, so what a great outreach. So let's pray for them. Matthew chapter 26, let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get into our scripture tonight. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your hand of blessing upon uh, Brother Bauckham. We're so thankful, Lord, that he is feeling better tonight and still at the hospital just waiting for some medication to go home with. And we pray that you'd allow him to get the rest he needs. That Parkinson's is really a battle for some people. And we pray, Lord, that you just help him day by day by your grace. We pray for Brother Hess and his family at this hour and his daughter especially. And Lord, this emergency C-section, we don't know why there was a C-section. We don't know why, uh, what condition the baby's in. But we pray, Lord, that your grace would be upon them. And Lord, that you would see them through this trial. And Lord, we just uh, pray for uh, his daughter and we pray for this baby. And we pray for the family, Lord, that is, has, has made it down to South Carolina. And we ask, Lord, that you bless them. Father, we, we do pray, Lord, that you'd be with this program that, uh, at the First Baptist Church of Bridgeport, Michigan, and Lord, some thousands of people will be exposed to the gospel tonight, and we pray, Lord, that through that, many might be saved and come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ, and, and, and so, Lord, I, I'm reminded of what Joseph said, and when we think about Halloween, we know that uh, the devil would, just loves that holiday. It's just so much evil and all the things that, the history of it all. But what Joseph said, that, that the devil meant it for evil, but God turned it into good. And so, Lord, I pray that you would take that and turn it into good tonight. And, Lord, use this opportunity for them sharing the gospel, Lord, to see many saved. Father, I pray that you bless our time in your word now. Lord, I'm humbled by the privilege standing here and opening up the word of God. Lord, so often we take that for granted. God, thank you for it. And I pray that you bless it tonight. And, as we continue with our theme of professing Christ or speaking Jesus, I pray that you'd help us to learn something about ministry tonight, how the Lord wants us to do ministry. And Lord, it's just something about our heart attitude that we could work on. And Lord, I know I need to work on it from time to time. And I pray that you'd help us speak to our hearts now. May the Spirit of God teach us, meet with us, we pray. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 26, look at verse 6, and of course you already know what the theme of the this passage is, Judy just sang about it. Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman, having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. How could anybody get angry at such a thing? They had indignation, and it tells us why they were angry. To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. And when Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, 
Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. We know the story. As a matter of fact, all four gospel writers record the story of this woman anointing Mary, anointing Jesus with this precious oil, this ointment from her alabaster box. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time in the introduction tonight. I'm just going to get right to the message. But I, I want you to notice some things that we see revealed about the disciples and about how God wants us to do ministry. And so I'll give you some background with the first point. But the second point is really some thoughts that we need to dwell on tonight. And I want you to notice first tonight their attitude. Their attitude. Their attitude is revealed in their response, isn't it? The Bible says that they were indignant. They responded with indignation. The Bible uh, word indignation literally means that they weren't just concerned or puzzled by the act, but they were outright angry about it. And notice what the scriptures say, if you'll read with me in verse 7. There came unto a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at me. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? Can you imagine somebody calling something a waste? when they lavish such a gift on the Lord Jesus Christ. We waste so much, don't we? There's so much that we waste. Uh, Brother uh, Kathy, or Sister Kathy was telling us about a trip that they took in missions and after they were done with the food, they were just throwing all this food in the garbage. Incredible. We waste so much. We have so much. God has blessed us so much, and we we waste so very much. But to call something that is given to the Lord Jesus Christ as an act of praise or an act of sacrifice, to call it waste, it reveals a lot about the attitude of the disciples, doesn't it? So we see in their response, their attitude, but we also see that their attitude, with their attitude comes a revelation. It reveals some things about them. I want you to notice, first of all, it revealed their motives, It revealed their motives. In John chapter 12, in a parallel passage, the Bible says this, then saith one of his disciples, listen, Judas. How many of you know trouble's coming? Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Their motives were revealed revealed to us because of their response. Judas was the rabble rouser. He was the one that stirred up the others and caused them to have indignation because simply because he was a thief and his motives were wrong. We ought to be very careful about our motives in ministry. If we're singing, are we singing to be seen or are we singing to bring glory to God? If we are teaching a class, are we doing it to show off our gifts or to use our spiritual gifts for the glory of the Lord? Whatever we do, whatsoever our hand finds to do, we are to do with all our might. And whether we eat or drink, we are to do all to the glory of God. Our motives must be right in ministry. And then we see, secondly, it also revealed their mission. By examining their response, we have to ask, what was their mission? What was it Judas was trying to accomplish with all that money? And so there was something askew about their attitude that night as they questioned this gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, whenever you try to do something for the Lord, there's always those who like to criticize, isn't there? 
But I want you to focus on this tonight. We've talked a little bit by introduction about, about their attitude, but I want you to see the admonishment. Notice the admonishment. Sometimes we learn more from rebuke than we do from praise. And notice how the Lord responded or the Lord admonished them. In verse 10, the Bible says this, when Jesus understood it, he said unto them, why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever this, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that that woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. Why did the Lord rebuke the disciples? You know, sometimes there's noise that comes up in ministry. You're serving and there's distractions or you're serving and there's people criticizing. They don't like the way you do something. There's people that think they ought to do it a different way or a better way or their way. How many of you know that their way is always better? That's, that's just the way it is. You know, we always think our way is the best way. And so we, we know that there's noise that comes up in ministry, but a lot of times we just ignore it. A lot of times the Lord Jesus Christ ignored it. There was noise wherever he went. But the Bible says this time he chose to admonish his disciples. So why did he admonish them? Why did he rebuke them? And I believe it's because they had missed an important moment. I don't want us to miss that moment tonight. I think the Lord Jesus Christ was asking them, how do you represent me when you do ministry? Mary was one that came and broke that alabaster box and poured it over his head. And there's another passage of scripture that says it ran all the way down to his feet. And as she was drying his feet with her hair, her tears were also washing his feet. What a picture of humility. You know, in order to serve the Lord like that, you can't care what other people think. You just humble yourself before Christ and you bow before him and you wash his feet and you anoint his body and you, you pour out your praise upon him. But these disciples, they begin to be critical of spirit and their attitude shone through and they had ulterior motives and they had a, a different mission in mind. But notice as the Lord admonished them, I think there's three things we can see that he's rebuking them about. Number one, and get this tonight, they forgot the person. They forgot the person. What do I mean by that? Notice what he says. Why do you trouble the woman? Why do you trouble the woman? She has wrought a good work upon me. We have to remember something, friend. When we are serving, it's about people. The disciples forgot that somehow. They were more worried about the money and, and obviously Judas, they, they made up a cover story that we could, have, we could have done a lot of good with the poor with all this money, but Judas was a thief and he wanted that money. He had an ulterior motive and his, his heart was wrong. He was trying to uh, scurry away some of that money for himself and abscond with it, but they had forgotten the very purpose of ministry. They forgot the person. There was a real person there with real feelings who sought to be a blessing to Jesus. She sacrificed much to bring this gift. You think about that. There's a lady in our church that doesn't have a lot, but every once in a while she'll make us a loaf of bread. 
A couple weeks ago, she made me a raspberry pie. Mmm. And I know it's a sacrifice for her to do that. We need to remember the sacrifice people make. Last week, we talked about the widow with the two mites, and it was a greater sacrifice for her to put that in than all the rich people pouring their thousands in. What is their motive and what is their heart? And we have to be careful not to run people over that have real feelings. And they're just striving to do their best to serve Jesus. Their gifts may not be your gifts, and you may not appreciate their gifts, but when they bring something to the Lord Jesus Christ, I think I kind of think, if, I, if I'm being honest with you tonight, and I, and I don't want to read into the scripture, but I, I think some of the disciples were jealous of this lady. I think they looked upon her and their hearts were convicted. For three years they served, and especially Judas just took and took and took from the Lord Jesus Christ, but this one wanted to give. The song says, you weren't there the night he saved me. And you weren't there the night he wrapped his love around me. You don't know why I'm pouring out this praise upon him. The disciples for three years sat at the feet of Jesus and they learned from Jesus and they saw the miracles of Jesus and they were enamored by his power. And this woman just said, I just want to give. I'm not going to take. I'm going to give. And I think they were under conviction. They forgot the person. Ministry is about people. Jesus is concerned about people. You know, he's not willing that any should perish. The Lord Jesus Christ came into Jerusalem and he stood upon a hilltop and he wept. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He would have gathered them together, but they wouldn't. And he wept over people. I want you to know a second, not only did they forget the purpose, or the person, they forgot the purpose. They forgot the purpose of ministry. What is the purpose of ministry? Have you ever, have you ever just stopped to think about that? If, if somebody were to say, we need a purpose statement for Bethel Baptist Church, but you only have five words. We, we write purpose statements sometimes, right? And they got a big paragraph. This is our purpose statement. And we put in it a whole bunch of things. We want to reach people for Christ. And we want to preach the gospel to all nations. And we want to do this and we want to do that. But if we had to put it in five words, if we could only say one sentence or one phrase even, what would we say to bring glory to God? That's it. To bring glory to God. Because if you're winning souls... You're bringing glory to God because he's not willing that any should perish. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. How shall they hear without a preacher? And so we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel and tell a lost and dying world about Jesus Christ. So by fulfilling the great commission and preaching the gospel and reaching souls, we are bringing glory to God. We sing in a choir, and you say, well, how does that bring glory to God? Because we are singing his praises, and if we have the right heart's attitude, and we are worshiping him in spirit and in truth, we are bringing glory to God. Amen. So everything we do, whether we eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Amen. That's the purpose of ministry. So what did Mary do? She wanted to glorify the Savior. She wanted to give her very, very best gift to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
As we think about this tonight, I, I want to just draw your attention to his, his admonition. And notice, first of all, they forgot the person, but they forgot the purpose. And what is the purpose? That in all things he might have the preeminence, it says in Colossians. In John chapter 1, verse 14, John puts it this way, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And on and on we could go throughout the scriptures and say our purpose is to bring glory to God because the power of Christ rests upon us. Listen, we should balance in our lives. Listen, he said, well, what about being stewards? Was this lady a good steward? She absolutely was a good steward because she was very careful with all that she had in order to give her very best to Christ. We are far better off being conservative in our lives that we might be lavish with Christ than the other way around. And so she was a good steward and we ought to balance being good stewards and giving God the very best. But I want you to give the third thing through this, that we can learn through this admonishment. We see they forgot the person, they forgot the purpose, but then they focused on the personal. They focused on the personal. In John chapter 12, I already read that passage, but let me refer to it again. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. You'll notice the Bible says in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 8, but when his disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? But I want you to notice John chapter 12 tells us that Judas was the ringleader. He was the one that exposed his heart and was angry that the money didn't come into his bag, that he could use it for his own personal gain. And that spread to the disciples, and the disciples all, it says in Matthew, were filled with indignation. And why did they miss out on this important ministry that was taking place? This moment that this woman was bringing glory to God and at this moment where she was giving her very best for Christ, why did they get so angry? Because they were focused on the personal. They were more concerned about themselves than they were the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I used to have a Sunday school teacher years ago, 20 years ago, in Hamilton, and she would do a bulletin board up and she'd say, Pastor, come and look. Every single time, look at this bulletin board I did. Look at this craft I made for the kids and look at this and look at that and my heart almost broke every time because the scripture says they have their reward. When you seek applause of men, you have your reward. I would have rather she just done it for the glory of God. Now, it doesn't mean I wouldn't have come along and said, hey, you did a great job here today, Wonderful. Doesn't matter, it doesn't mean we wouldn't have recognized her perhaps at some point. But to seek that applause, that's what Judas was doing. He was looking out for himself and he missed what was going on in that room. Can you imagine being in the very presence of Christ and witnessing this story that all four gospels record? That Jesus said wherever the gospel is preached, it'll also be spoken of this woman for a memorial of her. The whole world, when the gospel is preached, will also know of her. Isn't that something? And yet there was 12 in that room that missed it because they were focused on themselves, because they forgot the purpose, 
and they forgot the person. What is the application? What is it that we are doing that is impactful for Christ? Think about this. There was no place for Mary to teach a Sunday school class. There was no choir for her to sing in. There was no nursery for her to serve in, no church building to clean. But what she did have to offer, she made sure that what she had saved gave glory to God. Let me ask you, those gifts that you have, those resources that God has given you, by the way, they're all God's. Uh, There's a trick question we'll ask every once in a while. How much of your paycheck belongs to you? You say, oh, 90%, 10% belongs to the Lord. The tithe is the Lord's. No, no, 100% is God's. You are blessed that God lets you keep 90%. (laughs) It's all God's. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He he has blessed us so greatly. I I, I heard a a, a secular fellow say this. He says, listen, if you live in Canada and you have a minimum wage job, you're better off than 99% of the world. We've been so blessed. We have food on our table. And I know there's times as people struggle, but there's always resources. And what are you using those resources to bring glory to God? What is the impact of your life? I, I, I know that these 12 disciples, one day we'll see them again. Revelation speaks of them. But apart from Peter, and John, and James, a couple others, there's some of them we never hear about again, isn't there? Do you remember some of these disciples? But we're still talking about Mary today. God magnified her because she humbled herself before the Lord. And it's spoken of her till this day. How are we impacting others for Christ? I want you to notice two things about her by way of application. Number one, notice her sacrifice. All the uproar was because of the cost. It was too lavish a gift. But consider also what it meant for Mary to give something of this expense. She was oppressed by the Romans just like everybody else. She was cheated by the tax collectors just like everybody else. The Bible doesn't speak of a husband which made it very difficult for her to make ends meet in the culture she lived in. And yet here she was having squirreled away a little bit and saying, I want to give it all to the Lord Jesus Christ. Consider her sacrifice. But I want you to notice her spirit. I I like this. Look what it says, verse seven. There came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head. And when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. For the sake of time, I won't take you to Mark chapter 14, but do you know what it says in Mark 14? Before she poured it on his head, do you know what she did? She broke that box. I imagine a box of Albert's bastard had some value of its own. But when she broke that box, she said, there's no turning back. I can't hold out anything on the Lord Jesus Christ. She could have taken the lid off and poured a little bit in her hand and spilled it over his head. She could have tipped the box and just poured out a little bit, but no, she broke that box so it could no longer hold any oil. And she allowed it all to spill upon Jesus. 
Her spirit was this. If I'm going to give, I'm going to give all. I'm going to be all in. Now let me ask you this in closing to go with our theme this year, Speak Jesus. Who spoke Jesus better, Mary or the disciples? In their indignation, when they were angry about this gift, how did they profess Christ to the others in the room? I don't know who all was there. The Bible says that Mary and Martha was there. Martha was serving. Mary was there, anointing. Lazarus was there. The disciples were there. Simon the leper was there. There were some others, I imagine, that gathered in this house. Jesus always drew a crowd. How was Jesus presented to all those perhaps even lost people when the disciples said, he's not worth this gift? Because isn't that what they were saying? Why wasn't this gift sold? It was worth 300 pence. And that money could have fed a lot of poor people. What they were saying is Jesus isn't worthy. How does that profess Christ? I hope and pray that instead of looking at the disciples, they looked at Mary. And they thought, oh, how she loved him. And there's no gift or no sacrifice too great for her to make to profess her love for Christ. How are we professing Christ? Are we like the disciples or are we like Mary? What kind of impact are we having on others? Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts, we pray. Lord, help us not to hold out Father, when you gave, you gave your very best. Your son, Jesus Christ. No angel would do. No saint of old. But the spotless lamb of God would come and take away our sins. God, may we ask ourselves the question, how are we professing Christ? In our service and in our sacrifice, in our attitude, God, help us to be more like Mary and less like the disciples in this regard. Lord, we know that down the road we'll see a transformation. And Peter will speak on the day of Pentecost and John will write some of the great books of the Bible. But Lord, at this moment, all of them were indignant and all of them professed something about their Savior that wasn't very attractive. But Mary on her knees at the feet of the Savior professed how worthy he really is by giving her all. Oh God, may we have that heart. And Lord, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and eyes closed. I pray that just this simple message tonight and this simple thoughts would help us to be all in, to understand that there's no gift too lavish for the Lord Jesus Christ. One day you'll have a crown. You ever ever think about that? That you'll have a crown and you'll gladly lay it at his feet. Is there anything too great to give the Lord?
maybe. It really isn't about the gift, it's about our heart. It's about our attitude and our spirit. Are we all in? Maybe there's some young people here tonight say, I need to go all in. I don't have much to give. Listen, when when we talk about giving, rarely am I talking about money. How about you give your life? Teenager, how about you tonight? I'm going to give my life to the Lord. That doesn't mean he's going to send you to Africa or he's going to put you on a a foreign field somewhere or even have you in full time. It doesn't mean that. But are you willing? Are you willing to give your life for Christ? To go where he wants you to go? To do what he wants you to do? Young people, listen, you are the future of Bethel Baptist Church. We need some deacons. We need some Sunday school workers. We need some bus workers. That's going to fall on your shoulders. But I don't want you to do it out of duty. I want you to do it out of a heart of love for Christ. And there's some adults that say, well, I used to, I used to, I used to. Why aren't you still? Is there more you could give? Our ministry should never end. It might have to change, but it should never end. There's something you can do for Christ. Is he worthy? The song Lori's playing says, I wonder have I done my best for Jesus? It's a question we could all ask once in a while.